Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode one of An Alarm to the Unconverted by Richard Baxter. Ezekiel 33.11 Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? It hath been the astonishing wonder of many a man, as well as me, to read in the Holy Scripture how few will be saved, and that the greatest part even of those that are called will be everlastingly shut out of the kingdom of heaven and tormented with the devils in eternal fire. Infidels believe not this when they read it and therefore must feel it. Those that do believe it are forced to cry out with Paul, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. Romans eleven thirteen. But nature itself doth teach us all to lay the blame of evil works upon the doers. And therefore, when we see any heinous thing done, a principle of justice doth provoke us to inquire after him that did it that the evil of the work may return the evil of shame upon the author. If we saw a man killed and cut in pieces by the way, we should presently ask, Oh, who did this cruel deed? If the town were willfully set on fire, you would ask, What wicked wretch did this? So when we read that the most will be firebrands of hell forever, We must needs think with ourselves, how comes this to pass? And who is it long of? Who is it that is so cruel as to be the cause of such a thing as this? And we can meet with few that will own the guilt. It is indeed confessed by all that Satan is the cause, but that doth not resolve the doubt because he is not the principal cause. He doth not force men to sin, but tempt them to it and leaves it to their own wills, whether they will do it or not. He doth not carry men to an alehouse and force open their mouths and pour in the drink, nor doth he hold them that they cannot go to God's service, nor doth he force their hearts from holy thoughts. It lieth, therefore, between God himself and the sinner. One of them must needs be the principal cause of all this misery, whichever it is, for there is no other to cast it upon. And God disclaimeth it. He will not take it upon him. And the wicked disclaim it usually, and they will not take it upon them. And this is the controversy that is here managed in the text.
the Lord complaineth of the people, and the people think it is long of God. The same controversy is handled in chapter 18, where, verse 25, they plainly say that the way of the Lord is not equal, and God saith, it is their ways that are not equal. So here they say, verse 19, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how shall we then live? As if they should say, if we must die and be miserable, how can we help it? As if it were not long of them, but God. But God, in my text, doth clear himself of it and telleth them how they may help it if they will and persuadeth them to use the means. And if they will not be persuaded, he lets them know that it is long of themselves. And if this will not satisfy them, he will not therefore forbear to punish them. It is he that will be their judge and he will judge them according to their ways. They are no judges of him or of themselves as wanting authority, wisdom, and impartiality. Nor is it their cavilling and quarreling with God that shall serve their turn or save them from the execution of justice, which they murmur at. The words of this verse contain, number one, God's purgation or clearing himself from the blame of their destruction. This he doth, not by disowning his law that the wicked shall die, nor by disowning his judgments and execution according to that law, or giving them any hope that the law shall not be executed, but by profession that it is not their death that he takes pleasure in, but their returning rather that they may live. And this he confirmeth to them by his oath. Number two, an express exhortation to the wicked to return, wherein God doth not only command, but persuade and condescend also to reason the case with them. Why will they die? The direct end of this exhortation is, that they may turn and live. The secondary or reserved ends upon supposition that this is not attained are these two. First, to convince them by the means which he used that it is not long of God if they be miserable. Secondly, to convince them from their manifest willfulness in rejecting all his commands and persuasions that it is long of themselves and they die even because they will die. The substance of the text doth lie in these observations following doctrine one. It is the unchangeable law of God that wicked men must turn or die. Doctrine two, it is the promise of God that the wicked shall live if they will but turn. Doctrine three, God takes pleasure in men's conversion and salvation, but not in their death or damnation. He had rather they would return and live than go on and die. Doctrine four, 
This is a most certain truth, which because God would not have men to question, he hath confirmed it to them solemnly by his oath. Doctrine 5. The Lord doth redouble his commands and persuasions to the wicked to turn. Doctrine 6. The Lord condescendeth to reason the case with them and asketh the wicked why they will die. Doctrine 7. If, after all this, the wicked will not return, it is not long of God that they perish, but of themselves. Their own willfulness is the cause of their damnation. They therefore die because they will die. Having laid the text open before your eyes in these plain propositions, I shall next speak somewhat of each of them in order, though very briefly. Doctrine 1. It is the unchangeable law of God that wicked men must turn or die. If you will believe God, believe this. There is but one of these two ways for every wicked man, either conversion or damnation. I know the wicked will hardly be persuaded either of the truth or equity of this. No wonder if the guilty quarrel with the law. Few men are apt to believe that which they would not have to be true, and fewer would have that to be true which they apprehend to be against them. But it is not quarreling with the law or with the judge that will save the malefactor. Believing and regarding the law might have prevented his death, but denying and accusing it will but hasten it. If it were not so, a hundred would bring their reason against the law for one that would bring his reason to the law, and men would rather choose to give their reasons why they should not be punished than to hear the commands and reasons of their governors, which require them to obey. The law was not made for you to judge, but that you might be ruled and judged by it. But if there be any so blind as to venture to question either the truth or justice of the law of God, I shall briefly give you that evidence of both, which methinks would satisfy a reasonable man. And first, if you doubt whether this be the word of God or not, besides a hundred other texts, you may be satisfied by these few. Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18.3 Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3.3 If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Colossians 3.9 and 10 Without holiness, no man shall see God. Hebrews 12.14 So then, they that are in the flesh 
cannot please God. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Romans 8, 8 and 9. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Galatians 6, 15. According unto his abundant grace, he hath begotten us again to a lively hope. 1 Peter 1, 3. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Verse 23. Wherever, wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. First Peter 2, 1 and 2. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Psalm nine seventeen. And the Lord loveth the righteous but the wicked his soul hateth. Psalm 11, 4. As I need not stay to open these texts, which are so plain, so I think I need not add any more of that multitude which speak the like. If thou be a man that dost believe the word of God, here is already enough to satisfy thee that the wicked must be converted or condemned. This concludes episode one of An Alarm to the Unconverted by Richard Baxter. <laughs>